A lot of young people today are keeping their status to themselves and you would be surprised how many young people today do have HIV. It's just that naturally there's no way to tell by looking at somebody in the street. There's no way you're going to know unless someone tells you. And most of the time when people who are diagnosed and living with HIV today weigh up whether they decided to be public with their status, you know, the cons in their head far outweigh the pros and they just keep it to themselves. And I just, you know, want to change that. Hello and welcome back to another season of Finterviews. I'm your host Connor Finn and this is season three of the podcast. Boop, boop, boop. Episode 51, what? I had to take a bit of a break there from our last season. It's been a hot second, I know. Um, but after a year on and uh, 50 consecutive Fridays in a row with... 50 new guests. Um, I thought I deserved a little bit of a little bit of me time. Um, and you guys probably deserved a little break as well from me constantly chucking at you amazing guests every week. I know it gets exhausting sometimes, but somebody has to do it. But do not threat. I am back and this season does not disappoint. We have some amazing guests with unbelievable stories. And to kick it off, who better than the wonderful Jay Hawkridge. Now, for those who maybe don't know who Jay Hawkridge is or his story, in summary, Jay is a HIV activist and also a music journalist. He opens up about his story on the podcast with going on a one night stand and being diagnosed with HIV and his journey over the last few years coming out openly about his status, how it's affected his relationships, his mental health. But recovering fully from it thanks to advancements in modern medicine and living a full healthy life now I'm really using this platform and voice to educate people around the stigma that is HIV and really dismantling it and educating people on their sexual health and well-being on top of that as well as owning his own journey and even in getting into a bit of OnlyFans um, Jay was a wonderful guest just so open and just so down to earth um, after <laughs> the years that um, has been this pandemic and the journey that he's went through. Uh, I was just delighted that he took a second out and decided to chat with us about his story on the podcast. So, without further ado, drumroll please. Welcome on the very first guest of Interviews, Season 3, the wonderful Jay Hawkridge. Well, welcome back to another episode of Interviews. Uh, my first guest for season three of the podcast, I am delighted to welcome on, is the wonderful Jay Hawkridge. How's it going, Jay? Hey, mate. I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? Not too bad. I hope I didn't butcher your second name there. I always was like gasping, no, no, saying perfect. it, going like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. I didn't even ask you prior to this. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Oh, no, killed it. I know. We're professionals here. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, mate. <laughs> and how are you keeping anyways? How's the form? You were saying you're just, you know, getting your day started. I mean, what a better way to start than chatting to me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> it's exactly. Like... <laughs> I've had one prep, mate. I've got a coffee in me, so I'm ready to go. Unpack me. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Most egotistical thing I've ever said. There'd be like, why not start your day <laughs> chatting to me? You're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just free on a Monday. Who wouldn't know? Um, <laughs> But anyways, yeah, I suppose, first and foremost, I mean, I know why I invite you onto the podcast, but for the rare occasion that some people are listening that, you know, maybe you're finding you through Come Through Me or just hearing your name for the first time, maybe tell us a bit about yourself. 
I mean, where you're from, like kind of your background, I suppose, what you're known for in a nutshell. Yeah, mate, of course. So I am first and foremost a music journalist um, for the past couple of years. That's what I've kind of been focusing on. Fell into it quite organically through, well, through a love for English when I was at school. I mean, we all have that one teacher that we all kind of gel with, don't we? And mine was my English teacher. Um, and so she really inspired me to kind of jump into English, kind of found myself doing that at uni. Um, mm. And then it was at uni that I kind of realized that there wasn't really anywhere that I was looking forward to, to going after that. Um, so I kind of had a little look around and realized that I maybe like to write books one day, go into becoming an author, but that's not something that you could really do overnight. Do you know what I mean? You kind of have to have a, a middle ground in between. Yeah. Um, so I kind of fell into journalism through that. I realized that journalism would maybe be a good way to kind of hone up on some skills, meet some people, pass the time until I had enough life experience to write a book was the plan. Um, and then lo and behold, um, here comes late 2019. Um, which gives me quite a lot of inspiration, I guess, for a novel. Um, so I kind of basically got out of a long-term relationship and my friends were kind of encouraging me to get back into the game, as it were, because um, I've never really been one for casual dating, mm. never really been one for like Tinder. I just find that it just kind of gets in the way of your day. Um, and so I eventually, <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of eventually succumbed to it, I guess is the right phrase and eventually you know stumbled back into casual dating went to meet a lad um and then a week after that I actually found myself in the hospital um which was strange because you know a young lad in my 20s I like to kind of keep myself fit um always kind of you know going out thinking I'm forever young that kind of thing I was kind of taken aback um and it took a it took about a month and a half for me to realize what was going on and it turned out that this lad that I'd seen um was actually HIV positive but he didn't tell me at the time um and unfortunately he wasn't in control of his diagnosis um as I am today and obviously millions of other people across the world are and so he had you know quite I realized that you know eventually intentionally transmitted HIV to me so I took a few months out of the game um figuring this out because it was naturally quite a shock to me as someone who didn't really understand what HIV was at the time um Luckily, this coincided with the first lockdown. Um, so I had a few months to kind of, you know, take a step back from the world because, mm. you know, the world was having a kind of chaos of its own. Um, at the time, it kind of felt that I was kind of caught between two viruses because we had all this COVID drama going on externally. And I was kind of dealing with everything that I was going on with HIV to myself. Yeah, but I kind of, yeah, it was, it was, it was rough looking back. I kind of smile about it now, but. <laughs> It was it was like summer last year, summer 2020, that I mm. kind of got my head around it and started to think, you know, forward, um, became quite comfortable with my diagnosis. Once I researched it and realized where I was going and what what a diagnosis meant to me personally. So mm. I just kind of kind of started talking about it, I guess. I came out about my status on social media, uh, which got quite a bit of interest because obviously being in the media industry, there were quite a lot of people that saw something in that story and thought mm. that it'd be worth sharing a little bit and so it's become something that's quite organically grown to the point where so I actually started a TikTok account back in November um and I thought I was too old for TikTok because my little brother has TikTok <laughs> and he's like 18 and he was rambling on about it for a couple of years and I was like absolutely not I was like you could not get me on TikTok doing these little dances absolutely <laughs> not um but I basically started TikTok as a way to just kind of talk about it a little bit more and put it into like a diary because obviously I I have a diary to myself um but 
that's just for me to see. And it felt like kind of a waste that I had all this information and insight. Mm. So I just started talking about my, my diagnosis on TikTok. And then lo and behold, it started to reach quite a few people and it started to actually help a few people, which has probably been the nicest part of this journey. And so I've kind of free fallen into this role as an activist, I guess, without knowing it. But it's all fun and games, man. I'm loving it. It's all fun. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I mean, I'm delighted I did not try to explain what you do in your life has been, I suppose, in the last couple of years to yourself. Um, yeah, that is the most succinct way somebody has ever kind of wrapped up essentially which has been i mean the last few years of your life has been kind of mad i mean for everybody (laughs) but like for yourself especially like i can only imagine and the way that you're able to kind of be like yeah well here's where we start off here we are now i guess yeah like i mean (laughs) like that's i suppose i when i kind of first like heard about your story and obviously as you said i mean i think it was um on a kind of lab bible you know interview kind of like kind of discussing all about you know everything that like had happened with you and especially just like because it was like the one night stand as you said like something that you hadn't been like in with I was caught off guard so completely that I was like just and then I suppose from there I just kind of wanted to find more out about your story and I suppose as you said like it's something that I really wasn't you know I suppose it's only kind of like something that would be talked about really like depends on kind of your circles I suppose but like even like recently with shows like It's a Sin and stuff like that, at least it is coming into more periphery, but you still feel so removed from it. I mean, I said, a lot of people, I suppose, won't really talk about it or they won't really publicize it in the same way that you are kind of taking that kind of stand in front to be like, right, this has happened, but I feel like it's worthwhile to, you know, engage with my kind of story with that. Something that I found just really powerful in yourself, but like, yeah, Jesus. (laughs) Um, I suppose, (laughs) like... How's it kind of been? Like, I suppose, like, I know, like, obviously, being journalist, background, whatever like this, you, uh, you know, you kind of said you wanted to know, have a bit of life experience. Well, I suppose, like, was this what kind of, like, got you kind of first into, you know, getting into this whole kind of awareness kind of role? Or I suppose you basically kind of have became, like, a major kind of standout person or kind of a voice, which is in this whole kind of, like, discussion about HIV and awareness and the fact that, you know, undetectable is untransmittable which is funny still so unknown about I suppose for so many people like how's it been you know stepping into that kind of role so you you've hit on some wonderful wonderful points there like absolute nails on the head I think the first important thing to take from that is the fact that HIV is something that still despite the 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 public exposure that's been getting recently something that is still so niche Mm. in the sense that if you don't have friends that are familiar with it if you don't have family members that are familiar with it it's never going to be discussed because Mm. it is something that a you know a lot of people are not taught about we're not given any education about this like i don't know about your sexual health like education (laughs) in school and uni but it was so bland and basic i mean i went uh irish catholic school so i mean you draw your own conclusions Ah. from that yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean there was rarely even talk about being like with gay people because there's no way (laughs) funny that yeah Mm. yeah so i mean it's very interesting yeah no very very limited so i can only imagine what everybody else has even experienced this is the thing and when you even when you grow up and go to uni like if you don't have like you know like the right circles or the right people that are going to be able to share their experience you're never going to hear about this kind of stuff Mm. and so i i realized quite quickly that a lot of my mates when i came out about it had no clue and Mm. i think that really helped in solidifying their understanding of hiv and tying it to me 
because mm. when I came out about my status, a lot of people were like, oh, HIV, what's that? So, you know, on the on the flip side of that, there was no stigma. Mm. There was no kind of like, you know, uh, misintentions, miseducation that they could have potentially had about that. They all came from a very, a very ground level and base point of just wanting to understand. And I think one thing that I have taken from my journey so far is, and that has really kept me going, is how many people that are also living with HIV that have reached out to me how many young people I should say there are an awful lot of young people you know not just UK but kind of that Mm. have reached out from from across the pond from overseas somewhere that have been dealing with this themselves because they have not seen any kind of representation of young people living with HIV today you know there's, Mm. there's oodles and endless resources of people and stories and especially especially now you know like it's a sin and netflix is posed there's so many stories mm. coming to light to give you an understanding of hiv but it's still that understanding of hiv from 10 20 years ago and the face of hiv is so different today and that's what's really kept me going is the fact that i just feel like i need to put out as much info as i can to represent how it is today so people can understand it you know mm. and have you felt like the kind of like Obviously, you're saying with your mates and stuff, a lot of people were coming from no understanding, no no education from it. Have you found that like people since you kind of came out publicly about it have been more, as you said, people have reached out to you, like has been welcoming or do you still, I know, I suppose in this kind of atmosphere as well, as soon as you put yourself in a public platform, you do kind of open up to people getting in touch. And I suppose especially... I'm more touching upon, as you said, with TikToks and the way that you feel to describe things. I mean, almost 100K now, you know, followers and stuff like that on like you're (laughs) you're like hey no but like I mean that's such like a huge audience as well that like I suppose there does come with that some amount of just like bigotry and almost like understanding that like I suppose (laughs) you from your own experience and just talking about it in healthfulness I suppose does that kind of like overdrives up to more being like this is so unheard of and are like it's so not well educated enough that people like you know need to understand a bit more this, yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a certain pressure that has come with having this presence. And as yeah. someone who didn't really have much of a social media presence previously, like, uh, you know, I only had a few followers on Instagram, a few followers on, on Twitter. There was never yeah. really this kind of desire to put myself out so publicly. And I never really had much of a niche. You know, everything was kind of career focused. It was in print or it was online. So there was never a a need to emphasize my own personal voice so much. So I never had much of a social media presence. Hmm. TikTok completely changed everything. And the biggest takeaway that I've taken from this is that people that follow you on networks like Instagram, Twitter, they most likely are aware of who you are. They follow you because they they want to engage with your content because they like you. It's your mates from school, it's your mates from uni, it's mm. networking, you know, it's people that are going to be receptive to what you have to say in a positive way. TikTok is different. And I had coming into this with no basic knowledge of TikTok at all, really had to think fast and learn on my feet because mm. TikTok having you know, such a worldwide audience in the way that it does, anybody can find your content at the drop of a hat. And mm. obviously, you know, there's there's two sides of the coin to that because the upside is that anyone can find your content at the drop of a hat and be inspired by it. They can see something in you. You know, the TikTok algorithm has a wonderful way of finding out what it you want to see. So I've been <laughs> able to really reach some people that are in need of seeing what I'm sharing. Mm. But on the other side, with the fact that anybody can see your content, it's definitely opened me up to levels of 
I guess ignorance is the best way because yeah. you know any negativity that comes from TikTok is never educated you know ignorance it's the people not understanding what HIV is or having preconceptions mm. of HIV and so when this 10 15 second or 1 minute video pops up on their phone it's all too easy for them to comment something negative and then scroll past and it's gone from yeah. their view whereas for me and my audience and people that see my videos it definitely has much more of a lingering impact. And so learning to kind of emotionally distance myself from my social media has been challenging because like I said, you know, used to just posting pictures of my brunch on Instagram and <laughs> posting pictures of my family on the weekend. Like I've always had a very emotional connection to my social media. Yeah. And so TikTok, you've really had to kind of take a step back and realize that as good as it is sometimes, these people don't know you on the level that you know yourself. And so mm. any negativity you've got to kind of take it with a pinch of salt as much as it shouldn't be happening you really have to take it on the chin because mm. these people don't know who you are you know yeah and i suppose that's probably one like the biggest things as well like that you've been kind of so open as well to like quickly learn about it and like <laughs> as you said tiktok's algorithm knows you better than knows yourself i mean like <laughs> literally i was like being i mean this was a big year for me i mean literally just like Clearly, TikTok just came around and be like, I think you like boys now. And I'd be like, that's interesting. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I okay. Literally, I, I, so I, I got out of a bad breakup last year, last <laughs> summertime. Um, and as soon as I joined TikTok, all it was was like breakup advice. And I was like, how did you know? I haven't even told my friends yet. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, honestly, like toxic. And to the point where I'm being like, okay, this is too clever. Like, I mean, this is something must be going on there. But like, to the point, I suppose, like, yeah, it was one of those things as well, like, where I'd seen about your story and then obviously kind of got like, was filtering through other feeds and stuff like this. And I suppose it was one thing that like, me especially, like over the kind of like last year, I'm just kind of like, again, trying to like understand everything. And it's both like, especially in the kind of LGBT community, it is something that I feel like isn't, like it is talked about, but like, I suppose in the last year with It's a Sin, it has become more talked about. But like prior to this, I mean, I said with education, I mean, the only thing that we really had or, you know, what discussed by was like things like rent and stuff, which looking back at now, so dated in the terms of like, literally like songs being like everybody has AIDS and stuff like in real derogatory kind of term that I suppose influenced a lot of people's kind of, I want to say lens, I suppose, kind of on the subject. And especially to the point of even, you know, whenever you kind of make your um, TikToks and kind of discussing about like, oh, people even referring to it as like a gay disease. Like to the fact where when it's 2021 and I mean, just the way that it's still wholly grafted. I mean, it's people like yourself that like, that's why I really was reaching out because I was being like, Jesus Christ, like it's something that I've just seen so much value in just kind of given a little bit of perspective compared to non-existent perspective <laughs> like that has been with it especially with <laughs> your story as well like I mean yeah thank you but, yeah I've really I've really been trying to kind of rack my head and my my brains around why there has been such a gap in the knowledge um mm. in the past few months and when I've, people have reached out to me I've kind of you know approached them and asked them their thoughts and I've got a really I think I've got quite a good handle on it now so I think a big part of the reason why it's not discussed so much is because obviously the history of HIV and AIDS is so traumatic and has involved so, you know, so much trauma for a lot mm. of people that 
when we did reach a point in medical advances where like for me for example i take two pills a day and that's literally it like Mm. i'll never transmit hiv to anyone for the rest of my life the virus never has any power there's not enough of it in me physically for it to hurt my body in any way it's a real pandora's box living with hiv today because it's you have it but it's you're existing as if you don't as long as you take your medication and like mm. it's not the worst thing in the world to take medication like it's two pills a day like i could be taking multivitamins i could be taking birth control if i was a girl like it mm. really is no impact to my life but i think a big reason why the education has kind of died down is because obviously a lot of people that live through it don't want to keep reliving it and mm. they would like to maybe move past it because naturally it's brought them so so much trauma and like when you see the gap today i think that it's just one of those things that just doesn't need to be addressed for a lot of people people mm. just don't want to keep going through it and so especially with people that are young and are diagnosed as well today like myself when i've been mm. speaking to them they've not addressed it because they have maybe reached out and told a few people and that hasn't gone well because people don't have the education needed to support them and so what you what you get today is quite a lot of isolated young people that are dealing with it mostly themselves because they don't see the the tools out there to help them and it's much more safer for them to just deal with it themselves than mm. to be public and share their status because mm. they're just going to get more hassle than it's worth a lot of them depending mm. on the environment they're in depending on their friendship circles you know if you put it online i know you are subject <laughs> to criticism to abuse right or wrong you know you shouldn't get it but you can't control how other people perceive you mm. and so a lot of young people today are keeping their status to themselves and you would be surprised how many young people today do have hiv it's just that naturally there's no way to tell by looking at somebody in the street there's no way you're going to know unless someone tells you and most of the time when people who are diagnosed and living with hiv today weigh up whether decided to be public with their status you know the cons in their head far outweigh the pros and they just keep it to themselves and i just you know want to change that i guess <laughs> yeah and it's kind of suppose as well like that's probably obviously a huge pale for the fact that you know your campaign you know it takes one time and like even for you know different kind of public things like you know um like our stories and stuff like this i was on snapchat like i mean these are i suppose other avenues that are kind of bringing it more to light and you know hopefully <laughs> bringing it like around the quarter from you know said oh that's just the thing you know that was that was back there and then we don't you know we've kind of had our deal with it so kind of bring it to being like a no well like there is obviously still stigma around this and there's obviously still piss all you know that people understand mm. so i suppose like has that been like like i mean what have like i suppose been the major standout moments that have came from this fucking tornado <laughs> the last two years i mean has that maybe it takes one word. time kind of like campaign like like what have been like major standout kind of prospects of it i suppose like even like with your you know relationships with your family and friends like has, has everything kind of changed for you or Hey, it's been, it is an absolute, tornado is a fantastic world. It is a whirlwind. I mean, week by week at the moment, I feel like I am a completely different person because yeah. of how much that I'm just, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning about this in real time. I'm still going yeah. through my diagnosis in real time. Um, and as much as I thought I knew everything that I knew when I came out last year, becoming public with your status opens you up to a whole new level of growth. Like it changes your dynamics with everyone in so many ways and there's so many positives to that i found i found in my friendships that there's a, there's a deeper level of intimacy because people know me 
mm. especially people that were kind of you know I was getting close to or longtime friends that mm. I've had in that transition period from becoming HIV positive to becoming public you mm. know people could see that I was maybe going through a dark phase people could maybe see that I was struggling with something but they didn't understand what it was and so when they realized they felt like they it finally clicked and they mm. knew me on a deeper level and I think because I am such an open book with this part of my journey it's opened myself up to a lot more connection you know a lot more vulnerability I guess people in my life and people that I've met since that you know that this journey has brought so many wonderful people into my life either professionally or personally people feel like they can be just as vulnerable back and they can share things with me on a deeper level because I'm already you know presenting myself exactly as I am no filters no restrictions mm. like this is me take it or leave it it's really I think one of the biggest standouts has to be the first weekend that I downloaded TikTok because I had a few of my friends at the time that were kind of on TikTok and just using it casually, didn't really have a presence mm. at all, but they were just kind of using it for fun in that second lockdown um, that we had from November onwards. And they were just like, oh, you know, give it a go. What's the worst that could happen? And so that first weekend where it literally, the numbers just climbed astronomically. Mm. At the time, what I, I thought like 10,000 views on a TikTok was wild at the time. And for me, that absolutely made me up now you know that is second nature I'm kind of used to it but at the time having that exposure and realizing that I really had potential yeah I think is the right word to use this journey for some good and to have a positive out of this that really changed things and ever since then it's just it it, it doesn't the magic of it doesn't go away I think yeah. that, that's the most important thing every every thing that happens is a standout because it always feels like I'm exploring some new layer whether it's someone reaching out to me saying that you know it's helped them understand their status or it's helped mm. them understand someone else in their life who is going through HIV yeah. and even like even to the point where like now a year on I feel like I've dealt with all my trauma and I've dealt with most of my mm. most of my journey now it's to the point where people are starting to take much wider context of my journey like because I'm now focusing on things outside my status I'm starting to focus on how to be my best self in all areas I'm starting to look at my health my fitness my mm. hobbies my passions opening myself up to new friendships and a lot of people have started coming to me saying that they are taking things from my self-love journey and it's not just about my status anymore it's about me and my character and how I'm developing and the fact mm. that well I'll be brutally honest if you know an East Yorkshire lad can do it anyone can like there's absolutely no reason that anyone should be held back and it's just it's wonderful to see that this thing that once caused me so much pain and mm. I've and felt so restricting to my life is now mm. one of the main reasons that I feel so empowered with myself you know yeah I feel like that's like the kind of biggest thing that I've kind of taken away as well where it's like you can see from I suppose your story as well that obviously what has happened like has really you know grafted around you know where your trajectory has went to but like in a sense you've kind of came to that stage where you've owned it so much as well where it's kind of really like it's not about you know almost you know you know your story anymore it's kind of about like how you you know as an entire developed person are coming around and suppose that was even you know some of the kind of blog posts stuff like this like when you know it takes one time just you're even just kind of reading some of them talking about like oh you know how <laughs> Oh, no. Here, oh, no. Luke. No, I. Oh. They can be quite graphic. Those blog. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, but in the sense that's like it's a development further than like I mean, even when you're talking about you know in terms of, like relationship, you know, like trust and someone and stuff like that, like 
those are big issues that like you know develop it more than a global scale that maybe people are then being like okay this is you know a you know a universal kind of conversation other than some people may just be like oh that's just you know for one kind of aspect or one kind of journey but i suppose like even i suppose like with things like i mean the confidence i mean you've gone even as far as i suppose like the only fans and stuff like that as well i mean <laughs> yeah okay. i mean yeah. would this have ever been something that jay i suppose would have done like beforehand or i mean is this just you know as you said you're kind of have came through so much and to the point where you're at a better side and you know people know you better you're more confident in yourself and you're really owned you know your entirety i suppose yeah like i uh, thank you for such a funny hands. <laughs> um yeah so i my, my kind of mantra since you know opening up on, and sharing this has kind of just been to just just say fuck it and just do what i want to do like it's really inspired me to just think well you know that even though it was completely ridiculous looking back that one flash of mortality when I found out that I was diagnosed and I didn't know what the reality was and I only had these dark Mm. preconceptions of HIV and I was like oh my god how long do I have left that flash then was enough to make me go fuck there's so many things that I want to do in life I better get started and that's that's what's really inspired kind of everything that I I have become I guess that one little snippet then like I my it takes one time campaign like I started that on my my own site as a way to yeah kind of have my growing audience kind of get to know me on a more intimate level I talk Mm. about you know my past childhood trauma I talk about you know other deeper things that you can't really explain on a 15 minute uh, 15 second tiktok that i'm mm. kind of going through i talk about dating <laughs> I talk about how, yeah <laughs> i talk about how things are changing and how how things are changing behind the scenes you know people people want to know what it's like to be me you know behind the phone screen when the when you, you know it's the side of my bed and i'm just in bed by myself late at night what's mm. going through my head and so the it takes one time campaign really started to kind of highlight the fact that it does take one time to catch HIV. There is no stereotype and stigma towards people being reckless or dangerous, you know. All it takes is one time. And that's one thing that I think identifies with a much wider audience outside of our community is the fact that it is a very real threat. And as much as you can put your trust in someone, you can never really put 110% faith in knowing someone's STI status. Mm. There's no way that you can tell. We have responsibilities as people who have sex and people who engage in sexual activities, we have responsibilities not just to ourselves, but to our partners and to their partners and to their partners and partners Mm -hmm. to just look (laughs) after each other because we're all in a sense kind of, is is in this together the right place? I don't want it to sound like a a group thing. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's Um, getting with everybody. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, for lack of a better term. We're in this together. We're in this together. <laughs> even 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 with the only fans, like I naturally with my 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 diagnosis and my status took a few months off dating because it yeah. takes even even diagnosed today when you you start your medication, it it takes a couple of months to become undetectable with your status, which means that you are physically unable to transmit it to a partner, no matter what you do. Mm. You know, being candid, um, there's absolutely no way that you can transmit HIV to a partner in any position, however you like, any location. And so naturally, I had to take a few months off dating. And so when I took that few months off dating and started to look at myself and address myself in a whole new light, Mm. I got to grips with my status and understood and felt confident enough to date again. And Mm. then we had a pandemic and I couldn't really date. And I was like, (laughs) oh, great. 
wonderful. Um, Stunning. But it was really, yeah, there was, no, there was no kind of option to kind of go out and meet people because I was in my flat 24-7 on Zoom or on Instagram. And it's not the mm. same, you know, you can't really get get your joys off on Instagram that much. Um, not of that attitude, honestly. <laughs> so I, I started, you know, working out. I started, you know, doing some home workouts. It was summer. It was beautiful weather. I started going 5Ks every day. And then I started to notice that I was becoming a lot more confident physically but again, because obviously, yeah. so I, I actually lost like 10 kilograms of weight with my, my diagnosis. Like when Jesus. I was in the hospital for a week, well, I was unconscious for like six days. It was, it was awful, mate. Yeah. Like it hit me hard. So it really took a few months for me to just get that kind of, not just to look how I used to look and then improve mm. on that, but to feel it as well, because I yeah. had seen myself and been myself at that worst. So when I started to really become like, oh, looking in the mirror, like, whoa, wait a minute, that that's a new muscle. That's that's come out of nowhere. <laughs> I started, you know, thinking, oh, I'll, I'll just get a picture of that. Well, that's a good angle. And then I realized that I just had this camera kind of full of content that I was like, well, I'm, I'm proud of this. I'm really happy with this, but I've got nowhere to upload it. Instagram would ban me if I put it on Instagram. I don't really want my mom <laughs> to find my nudes. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so I was just like, well, if I start an OnlyFans, like it's in a, the main, the main reason for starting OnlyFans is I wanted a safe space to express myself, you know, as much mm. as I was becoming confident in my own body again, I was still quite vulnerable and I didn't want to open myself up to anyone's criticism because I, I was a completely changed person and I was still going through this in real time. So I was like, well, if I put it on any fans, like it's a way to engage with people that only want to see the content because obviously it's stored behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's, I just felt more in control. It just made me feel so much more safe hiding it there, tucked away on this dark corner of the internet. Not a lot of people knew about OnlyFans as much as they do now. You know, the pandemic mm. has really broadened it to everyone. And it feels like so suddenly everyone has an OnlyFans in some form of respect. <laughs> Um, but yeah like it really became something that started organically as a way for me to just express you know a sexual I guess side of myself and refine the physical side of myself but without having strangers in my bed because I like to have both sides of the bed for myself Um, and I just kind of kept it going because I've really found that you know everything that I used to look for maybe in a partner everything Mm. that I relied on in a partner to kind of comfort me physically I'm kind of giving that to myself on any fans, you know, I'm appreciating my body, I'm expressing who I am, I'm finding new things and new parts of myself to love, but I'm doing it all from the comfort of my own home, and it's really quite empowering, mate, I actually really love it. Yeah, I feel like that's like a key takeaway as well, like every single person that I suppose, as you said, over the last year has kind of got into like OnlyFans, mm. and, you know, people are finding out more about it, like, I suppose people are being like, yeah like you know there's obviously some backlash people be like oh were you you know putting up things online about yourself a lot of it is you know just conservative kind of viewpoints they're you know they're seeing us taboo and stuff and then you kind of think about you're being like wait you're taking autonomy over your own body and to the point where it's empowering to profit (laughs) like do you know what I mean like I mean if you're like you're literally you know that in control of yourself and your content and that kind of way that like I feel like people already were just saying to be like oh god you know you don't want to be putting up something out there or whatever like I should be like no you have complete control about it and as you said (laughs) essentially what has been like you know nobody can you know get to know each other nobody can kind of go like away from each other like like you're physically everybody's been like stay the fuck apart like that's (laughs) like to kind of then go around and be like you know what I'm proud of myself and I kind of this is a big thing that's kind of helped me you like even just like emotionally I suppose kind of 
re like re I'm trying to even think of the word like just kind of accept yourself again for like coming through such like a strange period like as like empowering it's like just that encompassed I suppose like absolutely. isn't it absolutely absolutely the most do you, know, do you know what it is I'll be I'll be brutally candid the most empowering thing about it is the fact that all of this has happened after I became public with my status like yeah. I at one point in my journey was quite you know felt unlovable didn't really understand you know obviously I know the way of understanding HIV is quite a lot to a potential partner or a date that doesn't really have yeah. <laughs> and with the kind of the, the culture that we're in at the minute where you can kind of you know someone can send me out the door and have a replacement ordered in like five minutes like uber eats it was really yeah. quite dicey at the time to be like oh well you know i wanted to open up to any partner or date before mm. any kind of sexual activity because i just think it's a sign of respect i just want someone to know that i am in charge of my sexual health and i expect the same back you know i've kind of always been that way even pre-diagnosis it just means that i have a little bit more to explain now. Um, luckily, TikTok's <laughs> taking care of that. Most people kind of know now who I am um, when they get to me. But yeah, so I just kind of, I started OnlyFans because I became public with my status and I started to become proud of myself. But it really shocked me that people were still attracted and interested in me. That was the thing, because I once viewed HIV as such an obstacle, such a barrier that people mm. wouldn't even bother. And so when people were so interested in me to the point where it was actually other people that suggested it you know they were like oh do you have any fans because your instagram is quite um <laughs> quite like you know guarded and like family yeah. friendly at the time and i was like no i don't and they were like well you should have one i'd like to see it and i was like oh and for me to be an openly hiv positive man to the degree that i am so public and people still had that attraction and desire for me in that way that yeah. was one thing that really helped me kind of get even more comfortable with my status because it, it wasn't a sexual barrier anymore. People were still yeah. sexually interested in me uh-huh. despite me having HIV, which was something that, you know, at one point in my journey, I figured would be quite difficult for people to deal with. And so that is one reason why I've kept the OnlyFans going because it's just, it, it baffles me every day that people are so comfortable with my status to the point where they are still vying for more. Like it, it's mm. so nice. It's so nice to just feel accepted and safe with my status. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's the biggest encouragement with people being like, I will pay. I will let you yeah, pay. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I Here's mean, hey. Predictions. That's fine. <laughs> but I suppose, like, from all of this that's came around, like, I mean, and all can journey and, you know, the discussions that you've had, like, come in such a forefront of this, like, what does the future, I suppose, hold for yourself, Jay? As you said, this is like a thing that changes day to day, week to week. Like, do you know what I mean? You're still going through this journey. Like, but like, are there any big goals that like you want to achieve that you maybe haven't yet? Or like any bucket list kind of things that are out there? I, I like, I suppose like, or you just be like, here, yeah, uh, I just have to keep going. Like, <laughs> but this is the thing, like I, in, in two breaths, my, my bucket list is as long as my arm. And on the other side of the coin, I have no idea what I want to do with my life at all. Like HIV was such a, such a face mirror crack that it just kind of changed everything and I was like oh my god like I can do anything with my life and that was a really encouraging thought for like 10 seconds and I was like oh my god what am I going to do with my life like oh my god I can do anything with my life yeah literally I was like where do I go what do I do and so the most important thing that I'm doing right now is literally just trying to take a breather and step back and just appreciate Mm. what is because like I think especially with us 
and our generation growing up with the education that we did, you know, going from preschool to school to high school to uni, like mm. we kind of have this trajectory. Um, and as someone in the media industry, like that kind of ends when you finish uni, like you kind of feel like you're chucked into a massive pond and there's no grad schemes in media. If you go freelance, mm. it's like, again, oh my God, what do I do? There's a massive big world. It feels like you're a Pokemon trainer, like 10 years old with a backpack and you're like, fuck. Like, that's what do a I do? Way to put it. Oh my god! <laughs> Literally, they'd be like, "Oh, great to great, yeah." You're also in debt, and also, wait, where's your experience? You're going, wait, yeah, what? <laughs> where do you go? I don't know. There's literally no one to lean on. You're like, oh my god. So now, like, I'm really trying to find the beauty in just embracing the day to day and realizing yeah. that obviously you can't build anything massive in a day, but the nicest part is just having the freedom and the the kind of you know acceptance to kind of be able to go in any direction that you want because mm. i really i have a strong belief now um especially after this this last year or so that you will get where you're meant to be and even some things that have, you know can seem like massive derailments at the time i can happily say that my journey has only brought me more positivity and only brought me more happiness and endless more you know satisfaction with just being here and being in the present so I am just trying to kind of say yes and just kind of live life because at the end of the day, you know, I doubt there's going to be a global economy in like 20, 30 years for me to worry <laughs> about buying a house with. Like there's a big part of me that's worried about that. Um, so I'm just kind of like, yeah, let's just have a ride and see where we end up. And I've got my backpack. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's where everybody's let you have that moment. Just be like fuck it <laughs> yeah why not okay i'd like to travel i guess that's mm. one thing i mean obviously covid is kind of again taking the fun away from that like i i would love to do a little bit of traveling i haven't really done much mm. traveling in life and being you know so vastly online especially since the pandemic everything's kind of gone to zoom hasn't it um yeah um <laughs> so it'd be quite Don't nice to travel <laughs> and work remotely from like a nice beach rather than a flat in leeds but yeah mm. we'll see we will see mate i don't know yeah i mean man like i mean jesus yeah i suppose if there's any way to put a perspective on like life right now you're probably one of the best people to kind of do it and that's terms be like lads just fucking go for it and like i suppose with that as well like i mean jesus christ thank you so much for sharing everything today and coming <laughs> on and letting me just let you just dig through your <laughs> own personal life uh, <laughs> i usually i always come into these be like no it's like really light like where you don't want to get into anything heavy do you know what I mean? like i just like 10 minutes I later just, i'm crying oh yeah honestly and be like yeah god this is interesting wow it's like it was swinging around about like no but honestly i suppose like jay for people i suppose that maybe have listened to this today as well and want to find out more about your story and follow along with your journey where can they find you what's the only fans (laughs) (laughs) no but like Um, where can they see you all your bits oh god not that my bad sorry all your content story your story it's your story my bad you you speak i'll stop So all my educational links are in my Instagram bio. Um, no, but my so my my all my social media handles, my Twitter, my Instagram, and my TikTok, which hopefully should be a hundred k after this. It's at like ninety nine point two. So I'm hoping by the time you hear this, it's a hundred k. Oh um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, that is just Jay Hawkridge, my name. Um, so it's just at Jay Hawkridge. Um, hawk like the bird, and then ridge like a like a peak on a cliff, I guess. 
Um, and then I also have my own site, which is just jhawkridge.com. It's sounding an awful lot a lot like that, like that meme that's like Mark Jacobs by Mark Jacobs for Mark Jacobs. Um, <laughs> but I have, yes, yeah, so my site is just jhawkridge.com, and that's got all my music bits on there as well. So it has that's kind of like a nice hub for for all the activism that I do for other people. It has my mm. it takes one time blog on there. Um, basically, if you just Google Jay Hawkridge, like you should find some inspo and link to me along the way. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just Google him, guys. Jesus, God, get over it. Yeah, well, I have Googled myself. You know, I do. I've got into the habit. I know they say you shouldn't, but I've got into the habit of Googling myself. And there's some awful pictures on there. Like, I really need to to like have a focus on what pictures I send out for press because there's some some dicey pictures on there of me. But yeah. Yeah, can't go wrong. <laughs> exactly. Well, sir, it's been an absolute pleasure, Ozzy. Thank you so much for taking out the time to chat to me. Um, I again, I kind of started this off to be like, oh, you know, I'll see you can kind of get in touch with, and like, I am constantly surprised when people go like, yeah, I'll chat to you. <laughs> pleasure so, is all Aussie, mine, mate. Thank you for giving your time, Ozzy. So, I mean, again, if you haven't, please go follow Jay. Um. Everything else, I'll be posted on socials, on links, stuff like that. But yeah, thanks I'll so Google much him. for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for coming on and have yourself a wonderful day, sir. It's been an absolute pleasure, all right? Thank you. Catch you later, my man. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Well, there you have it. Episode one done and dusted of season three of Finch Views. Thank you so much, Jay, for sharing your story and your experience. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to it as much as I did recording and chatting to Jay about his life and his journey. If you have not yet, please do remember to give this episode a like, comment, share, subscribe, five star rating on every single listen platform that you can and make sure to follow us on socials. I'm on everything from Facebook to TikTok. If you search for interviews, interviews podcast or interviews pod you will find me out there and all you need to do is give me a little click subscribe and you'll never miss another episode and believe me this season you do not want to miss a single one we have got some amazing guests lined up but enough until then thank you very much for tuning in and i'll chat to you later (laughs) bye